Welcome back to episode 147 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week 12. Well, Monday night's match proved why I generally wait to do my pod prep until after the final game is finished because that was absolute chaos. Uh, and it was chaos that has a serious impact on a number of draft teams out there. So I will be trying to discuss some of the fallout from that uh, in a bit more detail very shortly, as much as I'd like to forget that it ever happened. Elsewhere, there were a few other upsets. Sheffield United got their first win at home to Wolves. Forest continued there. Imperious home form with a 2-0 win over Villa and Luton managed to draw at home to Liverpool, possibly unlucky not to come away with a bit more. Following my last pod, I had a look to see how uh, Nkunku, Tony and KDB's ownership went last week and it all saw a decent increase, so it's nice to know there are possibly some listeners out there. I'm recording this episode on Thursday the 9th of November, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then. And of course, subject to change. Aside from uh, waiting to do the prep after Monday night, also a little bit of fallout from the Champions League games as well, um, which will also have an impact. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Tino Livramento, Neil Mopé, Eric Dyer, and a few more. So let's get into it. So, waiver watch. The main players that were coming in last week were Pinnock. Jornayu, Harrison, Semenyo and Kudus for West Ham. The players making way were Louis Paqueta, Gusto, Mudrik, Solly March and Thomas Suchek. Let's have a look at some of the fixtures. Uh, Arsenal at home to Burnley. Burnley currently the worst, um, most out of form team in the league. And Arsenal will be keen to put in a performance after their loss to Newcastle last weekend. After the international break, they've also got Brentford away, Wolves at home, and then Luton away too, so a very nice uh, run for Arsenal now. Um, A few injury concerns of their own, which will open the door for a few of their fringe players to make a way in too. Man United are at home to Luton. Uh, The game for some of the United midfielders to shake their shackles off, potentially though, could be Eric Ten Hag's last game. If they were to lose, I think that would be that, but it really shouldn't matter which 11 they throw out. We need to see how a couple of the injury situations uh, pan out. Um, Rashford obviously came back in on the Champions League game last night, so he should be fine um, and got a nice early rest in that game. It was interesting in that Champions League fixture that uh, both Rashford and Garnacho lined up. Anthony was benched, um, and I wonder if we continue to see the same at the weekend. Aston Villa are at home to Fulham. Fulham are one of the most uninspiring teams in the league so far, and I'm not sure... What they've really got in the squad to change that drastically. Meanwhile, Aston Villa sort of march on. Obviously had that bad result at the weekend. I fully expect them to get a positive result in this game though. But as has been the case over recent weeks, um, anyone you might want from Villa will have already been mopped up uh, and probably only available as part of a trade. Brighton at home to Sheffield United on paper looks good. Brighton though are now winless in their last five league outings. Three draws and two losses. Sheffield United at home, though, is as good a matchup as you could hope for to start putting some green in the form table again. Again, it comes down to the lineup, and Brighton uh, have an away game at Ajax tonight uh, to navigate. So um, it may be that they put more emphasis on that European tie than they do on this league match. 
um, which, you know, their second string should win quite comfortably. So we'll see how they line up tonight um, and whether that gives us any clues to who we might want to pick up for the weekend. Now, lots moved to Crystal Palace last week, headed their game uh, away to Burnley, which was a good shout. Now got Everton at home and then Luton away just after the international break. And then they follow that with West Ham away and Bournemouth at home. It's quite a nice little period um, to own some of the Crystal Palace defenders or an Eduard or even dust off Eze um, if you've had him stashed away for a while. Incredibly, Mitchell had a slight decrease in his ownership uh, in average size leagues last week, which will be a cause of regret for quite a few draft managers out there after a very nice goal haul. And then before Monday, I had Tottenham away to Wolves. Um, Dawson, obviously a big miss for Wolves due to the suspension. Neto, a big miss up top. Means there probably isn't a better time to play Wolves. But now equally, there probably isn't a better time to play Spurs. So who the hell knows? Um, maybe let's talk about the fallout from that game now while we're on the subject and get it out of the way. So so following that game on Monday night, we have got Udogi with a one-match ban. So two yellows. So he will be banned uh, for this game, but we'll be back after the international break. Romero will get a three-match ban. So that third match will be Man City away, which possibly isn't the worst one to miss if you if you have him in draft. If you're looking flimsy on your squad, particularly for a starting eleven, he could have to make way, but I think the majority will just hold him through. Van de Ven pulled up with what looked to be quite a nasty hamstring injury. And I'd assume he's now out until the new year at the earliest, which is a huge miss. And it's actually quite concerning how Reliance Spurs became on him after just a few months of joining without any kind of like-for-like replacement to come in should this happen. So I think he has to be a drop for any owners, sadly, even if firm news hasn't been released yet. The knock-on effect to the rest of the defence and the goalkeeper is also going to be huge. I think clean sheets will be a lot harder to come by for Spurs over the next couple of months. Um, and say it might just generally devalue that whole group. Um, quick mention to Vicario, though. Excellent performance in that game on Monday. It could have been a lot, lot worse if it wasn't for him. And I think with Van de Ven missing and some of these other bands, he's going to have to be relied upon quite a lot over the next month or two. Then further up, um, Madison was the other big injury casualty. Um, what was quite a strange incident. I initially feared the worst with the way he went down, um, wondering if, whether or not he'd ruptured his Achilles or something because it seemed to be completely non-contact. But he did seem to carry on for a bit. Um, before being subbed off so reports are that it's an ankle problem no more specific than that but it seems as I said to be completely non-contact which is always worrying so obviously a hold for now you're not going to drop him but we'll have to wait further news on what's going on there and then the bonus one Richarlison uh, news on Tuesday broke that he is going to be having a uh, surgical procedure on what was termed a pubis issue so again, detail is limited there, but I'm going to assume he's been suffering with uh, a painful issue known as Gilmore's groin or a sportsman's hernia. Not uncommon in football. Uh, a notable recent example was Jamie Vardy a year or two back. Um, he was able to return to play in just a couple of weeks after his successful operation. So this could be why they're choosing to pull the trigger now. Uh, international break coming up and the potential for him to then miss just, just two or three games maybe. So unless news comes out which says otherwise, I wouldn't rush to drop him right now. Unless you were planning on dropping him anyway, in which case this might just give you the final nudge. So a few uh, main picks, high ownership picks to talk about. Almiron, it's been a disappointing start for Almiron, uh, no doubt. I'm starting to see lots of chatter about whether he should be wavered out from a lot of teams. Now I'm suggesting just a little bit more patience here. The injury situation means there aren't that many other options to play off that right side. And if he can get anywhere near 
last season's output, then more goals are due. He's performing fairly accurately alongside his expected goal involvement so far, so he just needs to get involved a bit more. Um, they say there is another player that could potentially fill those boots who I will mention very shortly, but I think for now in the league, Amron's going to be quite a safe bet. Next is uh, Jacob Ramsey for Aston Villa. He's almost hidden gem territory. Ownership is 11% in 10-team leagues. And I expect that to start to turn around again soon. His ownership was just under 30% pre-season, which is high when you consider he had a known sort of medium-term injury. He has his draft fans, no doubt. And as as I've said on many pods before, I've not always been uh, one of them. As I always felt like he was a waiver pile cruiser parading around like a season keeper. I think given how well Villa's attack can function on its day, it will be fun to see how big a part he can play in it because Zaniolo's really not pulling his weight that much. He's slated to come back in after the international break and again, I'd expect that to be with some substitute appearances initially. I think if he gets back in and gets a quick goal involvement or two, um, he could become quite nice trade bait at the very least for those that do really rate him. Then to Brentford, three wins on the bounce now for Brentford and Mope has an attacking return in each of them. If Tony sticks around, then his time in the starting eleven is obviously limited, but Brentford have a few very winnable fixtures before then, uh, and Mopay could be a nice medium-term hold for someone struggling in a striker spot. Ownership in 10-team leagues is only 32%, so he's available in plenty of them, and there are definitely far worse strikers sat on managers' benches right now. Into the hidden gems, um, probably inevitable that we'd be talking about Eric Dyer at some point this season. Away to Wolves coming up. Um, before Monday, this wouldn't have registered on many radars as uh, you know the usual starting defenders were all mopped up. Now, if this was just going to be one in, one out, you know, if it was just Van de Ven's injury, uh, I'd, I'd probably consider him. But this is three of the regular four starting defenders out. Pedro Porro um, is going to be Dyer coming in. Emerson Royal will likely play. And then it's potentially... Ben Davies at, at left centre-back, centre-back if he's fit, or if not, it's potentially uh, Emil Hoiberg slotting in at centre-back. Ashley Phillips is in the squad. He's just 18, um, signed in the summer, hasn't featured in the Premier League yet, so now may not be the time to throw him in the mix, but he is also a bit of a wild card option too. Wolves, as I said at the beginning, will be without Neto, um, without Dawson, coming off the back of a loss to Sheffield United, hands down the weakest team in the league. I've got absolutely no clue how to call this one now. The international break can't come soon enough for Spurs. January can't come soon enough for Spurs. And I hope they've got some reinforcements lined up to come in literally the second they finished singing Old Lang Syne. To uh, United, um, obviously a home game to Lewin is always going to stand out. And for better or worse, Maguire seems to be the in-favour centre-back at the moment. Ownership just 3% in 18 leagues, rises to around 18% in 10-team leagues. Hell of a lot of availability and you'll struggle to find um, better probability of a clean sheet this weekend. And let's not forget, always a goal threat from uh, from corners and set pieces. And then at the other end, um, Garnacho, just 7% rostered in 18 leagues. Rashford, um, you know, potentially could play over on the other side or they could switch around a bit. And as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we don't see a similar setup to how they started against Copenhagen for this game. Now, I've already mentioned the nice fixture come up for Palace. Now, I pretty much hate Jordan Ayew as a fantasy pick. Don't really like him much as a player. But if you're in large leagues and fancy Palace for those games, he's probably your easiest and most viable way into the attack and always pops up with the odd goal involvement. Now, for the most hidden gem pick this week, I've bent the rules slightly here. 
um, as this player is currently picked up in 11% of 16-team leagues, but um, still pretty hidden gem. And that's Tino Livramento for Newcastle, a very interesting prospect and another reason why it can be worth not doing the pod until the Champions League games have at least been played. As against Dortmund, we saw Livramento deployed on the right wing, up top next to Callum Wilson, where uh, Miggy Almiron usually plays. He should have got an assist from a delightful cross, um, but Joel Linton reminded everyone why he's not a striker anymore. I mean, do you remember those days when Joel Linton was a struggling striker and nobody knew what to do with him? It's crazy. Anyway, it didn't last long as uh, some half-time subs meant he was then shuffled back to fullback for the second half. But it still presents an intriguing proposition as Dan Byrne is expected to miss a couple of months now. So we probably could see um, Trippier play over on the left side, which would then allow Livermento to slot in at right back. So either way, not a bad time to grab him, especially with a trip to Bournemouth next, which looks good on paper. Um, hopefully they fly down. Otherwise, it's a six and a half hour journey on the coach. So that's it for this episode. I'm going to end things there because I'm releasing this quite last minute within 24 hours of the waiver deadline. Um, a reminder that that waiver deadline is Friday morning UK time at 11am ahead of the uh, Saturday early kickoff, which is Walt against Spurs. If you're a fan of the pod, then make sure you're subscribed or following on whichever platform you're listening on so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. Obviously, if you've not gone to our website, draftfc.co.uk, please head over there and check out all the stuff we've got on offer there. Some must-have tools for uh, serious draft managers over there. And in our humble opinion, the uh, the best companion to your official draft teams. So obviously a little bit of a, a gap next week with the international games. So it'll be a couple of weeks before the next game week preview pod. I do have a bit of a bonus episode up my sleeve, which I may release uh, in the coming week, just to give you something to sink your teeth into while we're waiting. But until next time, best of luck ahead of Game Week 12. And as always, stay shook. Sure.